Hey friends, Jesse J here. Today I have my son Michael who has come in from Little Rock. Although I always want to say when people ask me where you are, I always say Arizona. Interesting. And then people will say, huh? And I'm like, okay, wait. It's Little Rock. So he's in Arkansas. Mm -hmm. Like it always takes me a minute to have a hard time remembering the exact state because I've never been to that state. Um, but anyway, so Michael is here from Little Rock um, and it's he came in. We're just going to like jump right into it just because I think that's it helps understand why he's here all of a sudden. Um, so I had called Michael. Was it last week? I think like it, about two weeks ago. Yeah. So as many of you or all of you know, if you listen to my last podcast, my dad uh, was diagnosed with cancer and um, really rapidly declined. Mm -hmm. And um, I, Michael living in another state, I was the first week, like when we first, first found out, the first week I was very careful in how I described what was going on because quite honestly, that first week that we found things out, he was doing okay, not great, but, um, so like I was being like, here's an update on Papa, blah, 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 blah. And then early the next week when he got, when he was put into the hospital, I was like, I'm not trying to panic you, but I think you need to get here and see Papa uh, because, you know, you won't regret it if you do it, but you will absolutely regret it if you don't. And then something happens. Yeah. And yeah, so Michael came in and got to spend the week here. Yeah. So what I was going to ask you was, so how, how long ago did you move to Vegas? When did that happen? 2021. So two ish years ago. What is this year? 23. Yeah. 2021. The end of 2021 mid no yeah maybe the end because we it was right before thanksgiving i just remember that yeah so it was the end of 2021 because then we came back 2022 no no it had to be 2020 and then came back in 2021 stayed for a year and some change and then left the end of last year uh so Michael's now husband mm -hmm. lives, I mean, not lives, he's with him, obviously. Um, what is the word? I almost said admitted to, but that's not the right word. Was He's in the Air Force. Yeah, he joins the Air Force. Joined. That's joined, the word I yeah. couldn't come. Um, and so early before he joined the air force though zaheem's family lived in vegas mm -hmm. they still do but and zaheem wanted to go to school in vegas so michael they were not married at the time but 
Michael said he was leaving to go to Vegas with Zaheem. Do you remember your actual age then? What would you have been? 21. Okay. I can't do math that fast. Don't say it like that. Do you know how old I was then? No. Okay. I just remember that every, every whatever the year is, I'm a year older than a year. Older than that year. Or I'm turning a year older than that year. Oh, well, that's a, very easy to remember. That'll help you when you get older. Because, boy, mm-hmm. I tell you, when I got to say my age a lot, I have no idea. I'm like, give me a second. I'll get there. Although it's weird because I'm. Oh, no, I guess it's just because you were born right before the decade change. Mm-hmm. Just because of 99. Yeah. Help. I mean, I was born in 79, though. And it doesn't help me ever. I am, but that's different because in 99, then it's 2000, so I'm. No, one and then two and then three and so on and so forth. Yeah, huh? Interesting. I could have done that my whole life and never did. Um, so where was I going with that? Oh, okay. So you moved with Zahim. So Zahim mm-hmm. had family, not a lot of family in Vegas, but he did have his, his mom, stepmom, mom, and littlest brother, and both the two of his brothers. Yes. And so you moved to Vegas without any family. And I don't want to say just Zaheem, but the only person you knew going into a completely new state at mm-hmm. 20 years old was Zaheem. What was that experience like? Um, I don't know, to be honest. Like, it was, I don't want to say, like, it was bad, but, like, it wasn't, like, also great just because of what happened in Vegas. Um. But I think as far as, like, moving there with not knowing anybody, for real, it was, I don't know, I kind of liked it. I liked it. It was, like, a fresh start. I didn't know anybody. Nobody knew me. I could literally just be whoever I wanted. Not like I couldn't be whoever I wanted in St. Louis, but I don't know. It just got to a point where I just felt like I was just so not stuck, but, like, just okay in St. Louis. I was just like, you know what? Like, I'm with this person. We both already talked about moving in together because the circumstances of the time, when we pretty much got together, we ended up living together right away. So we already knew that we worked really well together as far as living with each other goes. And so we're just like, why not? Why not? And so then I went, and then it was just a, like, it was a pretty okay experience and, like, not knowing anybody. Because, like, of course you had the flaws of, Okay, I don't know anybody. So, like, if I, I don't know, get sick, I don't have anybody to, like, call and be like, okay. Like, not call, but, like, like to my house, I can go over and be like, oh, my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing, but I just need to be taken care of. Like, I can't come home. Yeah. And, like, you know, just, like, chill here for a minute or anything like that. But, I don't know, everybody was a phone call away. I think the only hard part about it was just that I was literally 24 hours away. Mm-hmm. And I was literally on the entire other side of the USA. But Vegas was really nice, though. So I, I, I will never say I will ever regret moving to Vegas, because I don't. Because if I've ever moved anywhere that I felt like was, I'm not going to say 100% accepting, because I literally lost my job because of being gay and uh, dating Zaheem at the time. But like I could walk anywhere, and I didn't feel like I was going to get looks, because... I don't know. That's just like the culture in Vegas. Like everybody's just crazy. 
there's so many sexualities there's so many people just doing random stuff mm-hmm. that it's just like oh yeah there's a woman on the side of the sidewalk in a bra and panties doing a hula hoop act oh there's two men holding their hands getting drunk together and having a good time oh there's a straight couple somewhere just minding their business like it was just very like open as far as culture goes i think even like even when you said what happened in vegas like you said that phrase and i instantly thought what happens in vegas stays stays in in vegas Vegas. so i think that that's a a place it's like a melting pot because people a lot of people will go there with Mm -hmm. the intention of whatever happens here like this is a different world almost like whatever happens here we're not going to talk about it once we leave so Mm -hmm. people are more likely to feel free to do whatever in that type of environment yeah especially living so close to the vegas strip like when i mean like so close i mean like five minutes maybe maybe 10 if we're really pushing it of a drive like we could even walk there if we really wanted to but we were literally so close i think when like the fireworks that happened me and zahim i think we just walked from like our apartment to a random hotel and walked all the way up to the top of like the parking lot and we just could see like the fireworks without having like drive somewhere because like here like sometimes we have to drive to uh, what is it called? Forest Park or stuff like that. And it because we were so close to like the main events, we literally could just walk and go into a parking lot. Like the ones that like have like levels and stuff and go to the very top and we just watch the fireworks. And there was a bunch of other people up there too. We thought we were special because we were like, oh yeah, nobody's gonna think of this. No. And they did. There, they did. And they were watching fireworks too. But I enjoyed living close to the show because we were close enough to where we couldn't hear the commotion because Vegas literally never sleeps Mm -hmm. but we were close enough to be able to get there quick and easy versus like having to like spend money on a hotel just to enjoy the strip or Mm -hmm. having to drive 30 plus minutes just to get to literally where when people go to Vegas like that's where they go they go to the strip or they go to Fremont which for people who don't know what that is it was the first strip of Vegas that now is very, like a very heavily gambling central and casino central, but the strip is the same, but it has like hotels and Gordon Ramsay's, um, like restaurant and like the M&M factory and like much more of like viewing things. And Fremont is very much like there's street performers. I literally saw a woman who did not have half of her body and she was i don't know if she was in a bra or not but she wasn't naked but she had some clothes on and she was doing tricks and there was like a man there who was like i don't I remember if he was doing mime acts or if he was like have you ever seen those videos where people are like statues quote unquote mm-hmm. i think he was doing that and then there were people who shirtless muscly men that were literally snatching people from like when they are walking to like take pictures of them and that is very common in vegas when you go is like you never take a picture with anybody if you see anybody that's either shirtless or if you see a girl that's like dressed in feathers or like a very provocative outfit which is nothing wrong with 
Um, but like if you see them dressed in something like that and they say, Oh my gosh, do you want to take a picture? I love your outfit or whatever, whatever, you do not take a picture with them. Because then they will charge you for said picture. Mm. Or tips. And, yeah. And tips. They press you about it to the point where like you're uncomfortable. It's so, like you do it anyways. Cause that's how I got Malik. It was quite funny. Did, so when so you getting to Vegas was Oh my goodness. I remember. So before you had moved, I remember like, I always take a while to process things. And also like what's not happening right now isn't happening. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Like, so my brain isn't processing it. Like if somebody says I'm moving to Vegas my brain's just kind of like, okay. And I've also always been, or tried to be anyway, the type of parent that doesn't like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, um, push my fears about something onto you. So like any panics or reservations I had, I wasn't just like, what about this? What about that? What about that? What are you going to do if this happens? What are you going to do if this happens? Because I do think that a lot of times as parents, we can push our fears off onto our kids and also like almost like, because I don't want you to go, I'm going to tell you all the bad things and I'm mm -hmm. going to tell you how I feel about it. And I'm going to tell you this and I'm going to tell you that. Um, really with the ulterior motive that then you won't go. Yeah. And it, it was really hard for me to not say, well, what about this? What to do that? Mm -hmm. Because ultimately, you know, I, as we're selfish as parents, sometimes like, obviously I didn't want you to go, but also I wanted you to be able to live your life. Yeah. And of course, one of my biggest regrets now as an adult is I did not have any period of time where I was just brave and just did stuff. Like I wanted to go to college. I did not because I let all of my fears and insecurities about myself stop me. And so it almost felt a little bit like, no, because if I speak my fears onto him, guess what? That this may be his biggest regret. When he gets older yeah, and realizes like I had an opportunity to go do this thing and I didn't. And what would have come of it if I was just brave enough to do it? So like, I didn't want, I wanted to make sure that you did. Cause a lot of people kept saying to me, you know, are you telling Michael, you don't want him to go. You have to tell him that you're going to be sad and that you're going to be whatever. And I'm like, no, I'm not because how does that help him? Yeah. I don't want that to be a reason that he weighs out what he should do because that, because ultimately at some point I'll be gone. And when our, as us, as parents, when our kids rely on us too much, they don't know how to function on their own. Yeah. And so they get out there and they're not able to do stuff or they're, which I think some parents like because their kids can't. Um, For sure. Correct. So with all my fears and with all my concerns that I never spoke on, I remember the morning you left because you left at like 
wasn't it like five in the morning mm-hmm. or something. It's extra early. Actually, it might have been before that. I, I remember setting my alarm for the time that you were leaving so I could make sure I saw you and Lily off. And even just like remembering you sort of miscalculating the size of your car. And so like you had so much stuff, but you had to mm-hmm. at the last minute say, okay, these things I can't take, even though you had planned to. And then left in your Acura. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I remember I was tracking on the iPhone. Like when I woke up that morning, I checked to see how far you had gotten and just randomly throughout the next day or whatever. And, um, and I was pumping gas and you called and you were like, mama, the car died. And I was like, no, it did not. You're messing with me. And you're like, no, I'm serious. We're literally on the side of the road with nothing around us. Like we're not anywhere near anything we can walk to. Mm -hmm. And I just remember that feeling of you were too far away for me or really it would have been your dad because he's the one who comes and rescues people when we're stuck. And I was just like, we're too far away for any of us to do anything about it. Like I didn't even, it was a very, it was a very, um, like not having any control. Yeah. Like I felt like very powerless. Like what in the hell am I supposed to do to help my child? But my brain couldn't even work. So how did like in that moment, what were you think? Were you thinking like, I never should have done this. This was like, to be honest, like, no, it was, I felt because I had Lily with me. If I wouldn't have had Lily with me, I would have spiraled way worse than I did. And I was already spiraling anyways, because that's just what I do sometimes. Um, but I felt because I had Lily with me and she was spiraling, that I was just like, okay, let's just take a step back. Yeah. <laughs> we can't do anything. Like, there's pretty much nothing that we can do in this moment, but figure out how to get to a hotel or some type of civilized life mm-hmm. outside of literally just being stuck on the side of the street and nobody like pulled over to help, which I didn't expect them to because like, who are we? Um, but we were just stuck and Lily was calling her people and I was calling mine and we were figuring things out. And thankfully my um, godmother Tina had given me some money before I had left for, I forgot what it was for. I think it was just, just because or something like that. And the pretty much exact amount of money that she gave me ended up being enough to call a tow truck service. And the tow truck service then took us to um, some little like towny place in, uh, it wasn't Colorado. It was Colorado. It was Colorado? Yep. In, in, in little Colorado, which was not bad and we just stayed there for I think like one full day because we were trying to leave the next morning but we couldn't because they had to like check out the car and stuff like that so I honestly just in that moment it was just like let's just let's figure this out I think sometimes I can work really really well under pressure and that was one of the times I was just like okay let's just go ahead and figure this out there's no point of freaking out about it we can freak out about it after we're in the hotel and then, 
like admitting like on my part after the situation was over with for me it was just a lot of anger because i was just like upset that the car stopped working even though like i'm, I'm not gonna say i was promised but it was more so like i was told like you know this car is gonna make it there and then like looking back on it it was just like nobody knows when a car is gonna stop working like a car is a car and i have learned that from the past three cars that i've had at this point but they've literally just been like fine one day and then just stop working the next and after i had got over that all that i'm just like you know what it's memories anytime you need to talk about it we literally talk about just being stranded and just like looking back on it like it was fun ish just because we went to a really nice place and that exact same hotel we ended up finding out was the exact halfway point from st louis to vegas and so that when me and zaheem came back we stayed at that exact same hotel and so it was it was just like a learning experience like when you look back at it it was like you know what that was not a good thing that it happened but good things came out of a bad situation that happened from it so it wasn't terrible yeah i i would have although i'm i'm kind of the same way you have that quality that i have where there are moments where like if the person around me mm-hmm. is out of control somehow i can freeze my own feelings emotions so that i can be supportive yeah and be like the executive of okay, I'm the one who has to figure this out because this person is not capable. Or, you know, with everything that's been going on with my dad, I've been able to sit in a room and hear hard things because I know in that moment, my job is to be a support to my mom and my dad. Mm -hmm. And if I need to process things, I'll do that after. For sure. Like it's not, the moment is not when the doctor is in the room giving us information. It's after that when I'm in my car and I'm like, what just happened? What was I just told? I think that that's, yes. So you had mentioned like you guys got there and then um, it was not a great experience. I, I do think when you were explaining how Vegas was. Um, you didn't talk about how isolating it felt to be there by yourself, not be like you couldn't see the people you had seen almost every day for the 21 years before that. Like mm-hmm. to have a whole group of people that you can just, like COVID, for example, taught me that seeing people over a phone, which FaceTime is amazing and the capabilities we have to Google meet and all of these other things that we used during COVID to still see the faces of the people. Yeah. But there's something to be said for being in the room with someone Mm -hmm. or knowing that somebody that you love is struggling in a different state and there's nothing you can do about it. Like, like you said, you were 24 hours driving away. So that's almost an impossibility to do. And then in addition to that, like flights aren't cheap. So nobody can just hop on a plane. Although nobody that you know, because honey, we are not rich, could like hop in a plane and come to you or you being able to just hop in a plane and come home when you're missing family. Um, You know, that I remember you saying was really hard. Yeah, especially for a nice amount of time being done there. And like for people who don't know, I'll just briefly go over it. 
Um, me and my now husband, Zaheem, and I'm just going to say Zaheem. So, you know, I'm moving forward who that is. Um, but me and my now husband, Zaheem, we, uh, we both ended up working at Goodwill and he already had the job before I got down there. And so I needed a job so we can pay the rent because the type of apartment we had, it wasn't like a flat rent. It was technically considered a college like apartment complex, but they didn't just have college tenants, but it was set up so people who went to um, like the university in Vegas could stay there because it was really, really close and whatnot. So anyways, the apartment is set up basically we had four rooms and each room had their own rent. And so me and Zaheem like technically rented out one room in another room and it was his older brother, Marquis, who stayed in another room. So me and Zaheem had two rents that we needed to pay. And so I was like, okay, let me get a job. And I ended up working up at the same Goodwill. And to make a long story short, they pretty much, it was pure discrimination. And it was basically the moment they found out that me and Zaheem were in a relationship, they did not like it because they felt like staff started to feel uncomfortable because there were two gay men working together who were in a relationship. And because that was a concern before I even got the job, just from basic interviews, that they wanted us on different shifts. And so we started working different shifts, but there was still one hour that we had to work together that I was still there when he was coming in. And that became a whole big deal. And then people started spreading rumors that me and him were sleeping with each other in the Goodwill bathroom, which is disgusting. And so uh, one specific person continued to voice her opinions about how uncomfortable she felt working with both me and Zaheem. And then eventually they fired me and I had asked why. And without officially technically saying, because like the person who they had to fire me was the only manager that I was friends with. So of course they sent the really nice one to fire me. Um, it was pretty much like your situation made people feel uncomfortable. And in the time, I still probably wouldn't even have battled it today because I'm just like, I'm just over it. And I also don't want to work or stay at a place where just my presence and my being of just literally living my life makes somebody else feel uncomfortable. And I don't want that to be perceived as like, oh my gosh, like you're just going to continue to let everybody else like just push you away out of like good situations. Now, like if Goodwill was a good situation, that's different. Like if that was like my dream job or something like that, I would not have done anything like that. But I would just like, you know what? It is what it is. I'm not stressed about it. I did not like the job Goodwill anyways. I'll get unemployment because this is very clearly not my fault. And when I was trying to get unemployment, it was a whole situation. They had to do a whole investigation. And during that time, like I was I was not getting paid anyway at all because unemployment I was doing an investigation because Goodwill was lying and said that I quit. And it was just a whole deal. But like that was tough just because I didn't have like my family to like whose house I can go over. Like I can come over here and just like vent about it. Or like I didn't have the family here to be like, oh my gosh, well, I work here. Let me help you get a job or anything like that. It was really just like I was just stuck in literally just nothing. Mm-hmm. And um thankfully I had Zahim at the time. And so we made do and we like worked with it. And Vegas still ended up outside of that becoming like a really, really great experience. Like we got our dog. It was very irresponsible. 
and me and him talk about that to this day. Like at the time, it was very irresponsible because we not only got one dog, we got two dogs. And not just dogs, you got puppies. Yeah. And yeah. it was very much, it was both of us, but I was definitely pushing for two dogs just because I've always like grown up with two dogs because that's just, I don't know, that's just the most comfortable to me. And they ended up being a very, very great support system, which is weird to say, but not at the same time. But like dogs were really, really great at helping me keep my peace of mind in my sanity when all that stuff was going down. But like having no immediate like family support that I can just go over and like vent about and just talk to about it and like get help to get like another job or anything like that was a struggle. But I mean, it was learning experience. Mm -hmm. And so like, if I didn't like, like if I wouldn't have went through that, then like I also wouldn't have known like what to do in that situation and how to talk to like unemployment about that type of stuff and finding a new job and all that fun stuff without like having the help of like you or my dad or anybody that like has places that I can just immediately go and hire. I mean, get hired at. So, yeah. So did all of that push because Zaheem was struggling with school. I know he's not present to be able to share his part of it, but like school was not a great experience for Zaheem. So would you say like, I know Zaheem's original goal was to go into the Air Force, but he mm -hmm. didn't do it right out of school. And then, but then after that, <clears throat> there was a period of time when you guys moved back here mm -hmm. that um, Zaheem then decided he was going to like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go into the air force. Yeah. Did you ask me what, what was the question? I'm not sure. I was kind of lost myself, <laughs> but essentially what I was trying to say is like, did the experience of Vegas sort of nudge Zaheem to, yeah. to like go back to what his, for sure. Like, okay, I wasn't going to do the Air Force. I kind of want to do something different than my dad did. I'm going to go the educational route, not through the service. Yeah. Michael just popped every single one of his knuckles. If you were wondering what that sound was did, on the recording. <laughs> but yeah, there was like Zaheem. I feel like he already knew that he wanted to join the military. And it was the Air Force that he really wanted to join just because like, they had the type of careers that he wants to do in life anyways. Mm -hmm. And so that's what he wanted to do. So he was going to go to college. And there was a moment where he was like, okay, like, let me just try the college route. And he was still going to go to, like, he was still going to college to be in the Air Force. He was just going to go to college to then, after finish college, be an officer in the Air Force. But because of, and like you said, like, I'm not going to speak on Zaheem's experience, but because of the experience that happened at college and what was going on with um, his family situation and dynamic towards him mm -hmm. at the time and the stuff that was found out that was happening behind closed doors ended up like pushing him to be like, you know what? Like, let's just go back to St. Louis. Let's recoup. Let's get our lives back together. Um, and that's pretty much like, let's just be good because he wanted to leave Vegas I wanted to leave Vegas after finding out everything that had happened. And it was just like a, a universal decision. Like, we have nowhere else to go. Like, let's just go back home to St. Louis because his family's here, my family's here. And let's just settle down 
you know, put our feet back on the ground for a second and then figure out from there. And then we ended up staying here for like a year and some change. And then he pretty much decided officially because of work, really, of the work of the job that we had at the time that he was like, I'm tired of waiting. Like, I'm just going to just wing it. And I'm just going to join the Air Force with his uh, ROTC experience and just figure out what's going to move on from there because what happened in Vegas and what was happening in St. Louis, where it seemed like it was going to be a repeat situation where one of us was going to end up getting fired because of discrimination. And it sucks to say that it was most likely going to be him over me because like I'm your son. So I feel like there was more of a target on his back because like there's no ties with him directly to anybody up there other than like obviously like the basics, like, me and him being in a relationship and you knowing him and so on, so, so on and so forth. Then he was like, I'm I'm not going to put myself in a situation where I can immediately lose my job based off of pure discrimination. And then we're stuck struggling again, figuring out like, how mm-hmm. are we going to pay rent? And blah, blah, blah. So he was just over it. And he was like, no, I'm just going to join the Air Force. And I was like, okay, if you want to go ahead. Because I already knew moving in, like into situation that like he went to in the Air Force. I knew I was going to be, if I wanted to be in a relationship with him for the long run, I knew I was going to have to be okay with him joining the Air Force or else it just wasn't going to work. Mm-hmm. And so when he did, I was like, okay, it's time. Yeah. <laughs> we already knew it was coming eventually at some point. So like, why not just like, just support him because there's nothing else I can do. I can be negative, like, like you said but that's not going to get anybody anywhere. And he was joining for the right reasons. And why not? Yeah. So. Yeah. And that, I mean, really Vegas prepared you guys for all the other things that came after that. Like, because Mm -hmm. you had the experience already of moving away, you were able to rely on that. Yeah. For smooth move. mm -hmm, For like the second move. And then now, <clears throat> knowing that you're in the service, like you will consistently move mm-hmm. or maybe not, you know, as people have been talking to you guys about that a lot of people who end up at the base that you guys are at. And they're staying for a, look, a good minute. Yeah. And, and the, the cool thing about where you guys are now, although it's still not like an easy, Oh, we're just going to hop in for the weekend. Cause you guys do have, two like if you didn't have two dogs you probably could do that Mm -hmm. um but with everything that was going on last weekend we were able to work it out where i drove two and a half hours and you and zaheem drove two and a half it was almost three probably for you guys um and then we met up and then you rode back with me zaheem drove home and today we will be doing the same route of returning um so like it made it easy with like an emergency that that came up for you to be able to come in so that you could you could be close to family because i'm sure knowing everything that was going on was hard to be to not be able just on a random tuesday to be like i'm gonna go hang out with my nana today yeah for sure like my not like because when we where we lived we lived very central it's like everybody it was like 15 minutes away from you 15 minutes away from nana 15 minutes away from this 15 minutes away from that and mm-hmm. so 
it it was definitely harder to not just be like, oh my gosh, let me just get in the car and let me just drive to Nanatashlika. It was like, no, I have to plan out how we're going to leave. And, blah, blah, blah. and to be honest, if it wasn't for Zaheem, I probably wouldn't have made it down as fast just because I panic and I scramble and I have a tendency, like you were talking about earlier, like to just think about a lot of the negatives, like, oh my gosh, if I leave right away, like what's going to happen with blah, 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 blah. And it was initially going to be me and Zaheem. But then like when work, like not necessarily got in the way, but I didn't want to pretty much just come down here for 24 hours and then just bounce back out. Mm-hmm. And like, that would be it. Like I would have literally just came down here, saw my papa in the hospital, came back home. And then I actually went to go get my nails done for my friend to help support her business. And then it was like next morning, bye everybody. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't like that. Yeah. And I know it's helped. I mean, it's, it's most certainly helped me, you being here. I think um, for people who don't know, although I don't know anyone who's listening to this doesn't know me already, but like I had Michael when I was 19. Mm-hmm. And so literally <clears throat> Michael and I grew up together. Like it, that sounds weird to say because I know that I am your parent, but like I was still growing. I still had so much growing up to do. And so I describe it like Michael is like my person, like who understands me probably more than anybody else. And so, oh Lord, like I'm going to cry and that's not helpful. I'm such a crybaby now that I'm an adult. I said this on my last podcast. I'm like, geez, I just like, (laughs) anyway. But like, so, oh, what I'm trying to say is more like when something is going on, like you are able to read the situation when it Mm -hmm. involves me well. So if I'm panicking, you can tell it and you're like, okay, I need to go help her do something. Or, you know, if I'm like, you know, no, I don't want to be bothered. You're like, okay, cool. And you know, like when to give me space or when to say something or I talk pretty unfiltered to you. I did not talk unfiltered to you when you were younger. Cause I'm a, you know, when people say like my mini best friend, I'm like, Oh my gosh, your child is not supposed to be your best friend. Like you're supposed to be their parent and you cannot be both. Like I was very firm on that, but you have been the consistent person who went through everything that I went through since I was literally 19. Yeah. And Lord Jesus, I'm 43. So mm-hmm. that's a long time, in my opinion. Um, You've been around longer. You've been around in my life longer than you haven't at this point. Yeah. Like um, I've passed to the point where I've been on earth longer than you, you know, whatever, however that's said. But so when hard things happen, it's, it's harder to get support when you're not here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's great that you were able to, like you also, even when you were in Vegas, you were able to come in. Yes. Like you scrambled and were able to figure it out when Maxie, when we had to put Maxie down, who mm-hmm. people who don't know Maxie was our, was our oh, favorite gee, dog baby. ever. Yeah. And, um, and so when that had to happen, you came. And so that was really helpful because I remember um, 
as great of a, a man as your dad is, he functions so different from me. Mm-hmm. Maybe the opposite, which is why we work well together because we are so opposite in many ways. But um, he just, I can't just speak as freely because he's not able to read between the lines of what I'm saying or yeah. or whatever. So it was it was great that we were able to just be like, okay, uh, you got to come in Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, um, you know, just to be able to just know that you were here made it easier this week because it's been a really rough couple of weeks, man. I, I would, I would venture to say probably the roughest few weeks ever, but it is a really good thing that like I'm leaving at a time that like things are like picking up. Yes. Like Papa's home. He yes. is chilling. And he even looks more comfortable in his like little dented corner of the couch with clothes on. And not that he's been naked, him. let's no. be clear. He's yeah, no, he's been well, naked. Well he has he been has in the, a the hospital yeah. gown. And stuff like that. So, and he's walking to and from the bathroom. I don't know if it's like without Nana being like, no, she's get up, John. Oh no, he because even in the bathroom. I mean, even the bathroom, Lord. Even in the hospital, he was saying when he needed to do that kind of stuff. So yeah. So, but yeah, I, I think it makes a. I think it makes a big difference. And it's you know, I'm glad. I'm glad you were able to be here. And also, I think like. When people don't see things for themselves, it's hard to understand the the weight of what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's very hard to put into words what's happening because, like, even like how you just described that, it makes it seem like Papa's doing great. Yeah, and so it's like it's hard to define it, and it's the best way to do it is to be able to see it for yourself. So I'm, I'm glad that Zaheem was like, uh, uh-uh. uh, yeah. you need to go now. Yeah. Let's figure it out. And that's how I ended up staying for a week, which is good. Yeah. And it helped. I think, I think it helped Nana too, mm-hmm. who she usually listens. So. Hey, Nana <laughs> yeah. And I just lost what I was going to say, but do you have any last things you can think about when it comes to, you know, living away from family? Um, The only last thing I can say is like for parents and even if any people around like my age, when I moved at a time, uh, which is. 21. <laughs> All right, I'm literally just 23 right now, so I'm acting like I'm 30 now. But like, Would you take advice from an old lady? That's what the, that meme. I have not seen no. no, probably old, only old people <laughs> like me have seen it. Um, it's basically like, as far as like, just not letting your child go, but like just letting go a little bit. I think that it, I think that you should do it. I know it's going to be very, very hard. Like I can't, I can't speak like what she went through at the time or my dad or anything like that. Like even Malik was like talking about like, even though Malik is a very sheltered individual, 
like we had a nice one-on-one conversation in Florida, I think last year. And he was saying like, like that was kind of hard, like, cause like I'm his good Judy and stuff like that. And so like, but at the end of the day, I do think that if you have a child um, or if you are that child that is like thinking about moving away and it is a big move, like I moved to Vegas. And that was 24 hours away from St. Louis and Vegas and St. Louis are very, very different that I think you should just go for it and let your kids go for it and let them learn. Like it was not a pretty experience getting there. And like, I'm not gonna like some of the time there, it was not pretty, but I always look back at the situation and I am very grateful for what happened in Vegas. It taught me a lot about being an adult, being on my own, figuring stuff out, working with really one other individual because as much as he had his own family there, like his family at the time was like not the best. And so it was really just me and him against the world. And it was a really, really good learning experience that set us up to be able to be where we are now comfortable. And of course the military had a part in that, but like it teaches you things that you can't learn if you're just very sheltered and comfortable where you're at and just because somebody's moving away does not mean they're just like gonna forget about you or just could become a completely different person. Cause I feel like I'm still relatively the same person. Yeah. And I evolved a little bit mm-hmm. and I just think, long story short, cause I can ramble, just let them do it. Just be supportive, be there for them and know that everything's gonna be okay. And if they go through a tough time, just support them as much as you can from the place that you're at, but know that as long as they know they have a good support system, they will be okay and it will be a good learning experience. Cause I had, as much as I was talking about the bad stuff in Vegas, I had so many great times. And even the times when we were struggling, like it was still like, we still enjoyed ourselves. And we, we made the best out of a terrible situation. And it's always nice to look back at. And if you are that kid, young adult, like just do it. Don't be scared. Just make the move as long as you have the money. Don't do anything stupid and just say, I'm just going to move and I'm going to find a house there. No, just make sure you're set up before you leave. But just do it. Life is really too short to continue to live in fear of what could happen. And I'm still telling myself this today. Um, but just be free and let your kids be free. And know that they love you and you can still love them from afar. I know I'm done talking because I'll keep going around saying the same thing over and over. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I think we've I um I could also talk forever, so I'm gonna leave it at what Michael said. So what I will say and remind you is to make sure that you're taking care of yourself and keep looking out for each other. <laughs>